on her spirit. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all ready for some more music? Brother Sean in the back, Brother Lonnie on the back. Y'all put your hands together. How many of y'all ever had some mountains in your life? God is a mountain. My clouds will make a way. Can't count on the time he's
and sometimes we get so busy being busy that we don't take time for ourselves. And what you had there tonight, you do in your private time by yourself. That's not a rehearsal. That was your worship. And God said he is well pleased with that. And there is a thing that God has asked, you're asking God for, and God said that thing is yours. They said no, and God said go. And he said ask one more time. And he said when you didn't get the first answer, you're to go back. Knock, knock, knock. Because it's yours. And it's very lucrative. It's very, you're going to, and you have even said to the Lord in your car, you said, Lord, if you'll let me have this, I will bless the kingdom with it. He said, it's yours. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to fight for it sometimes. But what did he say? He said he would fight your battles for you. All he asked for you to do is step out one more time. Somebody else needs to hear this. Young lady in the black, back with the reddish gray shirt, green, is that green? I can't see, I'm walking closer, but your hair's kind of red. You have a gift of worship. You have a gift of worship. You have a gift of dance. There's something inside of you that you know there's something, there's something that God just wants you to do in interpretive dance, but also singing and singing, worshiping. The Lord said it's time to step. The Lord, the Lord has been speaking to me. Sue, right, Sue? The Lord's been speaking to me every time tonight about people stepping out of shadows. People have been, y'all have been walking in other people's shadow. God said the only shadow you're supposed to be under is his shadow of the Almighty. Amen? But you're to step out, and you don't quite know how to do it. That's okay. You do know how to do it. You think you don't know how to do it. You do know how to do it. Okay? So the Lord said, don't let anything about your humanness stop you from stepping out. There's some things about you that you're thinking, well, I need to do this. I, need to, I can tell you what they are, but I, won't, I don't want to get into personal and embarrass you. You know what they are. I know what they are. Okay? The Lord said, men look on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart, and he sees your heart, and your heart is pure. And the reason you want to do this is you have a breakthrough anointing. You have a Malachi prophet breaker anointing. And when you step out, you're going to see the things that have not lined up in your life, they're going to line up so quick and fall into place that you will know that God, without a shadow of a doubt, said, this was your time. This is your time. Step up, step out, step on to the will of God. Man may not approve you. God approves you. Do it at home. You want to do it there, but you've got to do it there first. You want to, can't do it out there before you do it right here in home. Okay? So when you start doing it at home, you're already doing it. But he wants you to dress for him. He wants you to put that costume. I don't know what kind of costume, but he wants to put, you have, I don't know what you've got, girlfriend, but you've got it all. It's just time to get it back out, dust it off, and come on. Amen? Amen. I wasn't, I was planning to preach, but, you know, y'all got this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, Precious, you, when you walked up to Mama Betty, um, Everybody here over 50, don't raise your hand. We don't have to. We can tell them, yeah, miss us. But Caleb, just like I told Sister Sue, Caleb had a different kind of spirit. He had a different kind of spirit. You have a different kind of spirit. Okay. Anna, she was in the house of God. She has a different kind of spirit. She had a different kind of attitude. And sometimes... We've waited to be out all up here 
And God says, no, I want you right here. I want you right here. But you have, you have the Jeremiah anointing of the weeping prophet. You, have, you cry for souls. You cry for nations. You cry. And my grandma told me, if I do it here, I can go there. Amen? And you have a desire in your heart to go to other nations. And God said he's about to open that door, and he's going to pay for it. He's going to pay for it. You're not going to have to. He's going to supply your need. He's going to show you how to get there. And it's a heart's desire for you. And I don't know, have you been to Israel? (laughs) Very close, okay? You're going to go. You're going to go. Amen? start, Start just gathering your your little mites, your little monies, your little mites, and God will supply what you need. Amen? Because you prayed, God said he's going to take you there. Because you prayed here, he's going to take you there. Amen. With the praise of his glory and the expansion of his kingdom. Everything we do has to be done because it expands his kingdom. Everything you do should be done because you want his kingdom to come, his will to be done. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. We live, we move, we operate, we have our being. Amen? Sometimes people get caught up into what they want because they believe what God said to them. And all of a sudden God tries to redirect our lives sometimes. And we don't like the redirection because we already had in our mind what we were going to do or be. But, you know, Proverbs 69 says, Man makes his plans, but God orders your steps. So whenever, you know, I used to get really, I don't know about y'all guys, but in Florida we have a lot of northern people come down. And everyone up here, usually, now y'all got more, more superhighways than you used to have, right? But before, many, many years, everyone had two-lane highways. So if you saw something you wanted to turn off to, you just turned off whether it was left or right because you, you could because it was a two-lane highway. But in Florida, when you have a three, six-lane highway and you see that and you have to make that left-hand turn and you're in that furthest right-hand lane, it doesn't work so well, Right? So I've prayed a lot for you people. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Bless them, Lord. Right? But when God is wanting to change direction in your life, sometimes it's because we have a mindset that is so set in our mindset, we can't hear the will, the word, and the way of the Lord for our lives. And see, in this day and time, if you want to go to a scripture with me, we're going to go to Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. I want to thank you, Sister Kathy, Pastor Kathy, Pastor, Pastor Lonnie. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you to Pastor Betty Green, who has been a mentor to my, of me, I think, 34 years now. My daughter is 37 and I believe that she played for her, me to sing in Miami at an aglow when Pastor Betty was one of the presidents, I think. Or maybe we, and I think she was about seven years old, wasn't it? So it's, it's close to 31 years, uh, my, my daughter. 
as 37. So I, she's been, but I think we met before that, and then we re-met, and my daughter came with me to play. And maybe next year, if I get to come back, my daughter will come with me because she's an amazing worship leader, an amazing pianist, and she, she's, a, she's a gift from God for me. And I often tell her, Joy, if you weren't my daughter, I'd still want you as my worship leader. I'd still want you as my friend and as my worship leader. And so I'm thankful that God gave me her. So I want to uh, talk to you about your mindset tonight. Because when you talk about the Feast of Christ and the Feast of, of what we're coming here for, this is a place that we're coming in to remember what we've had and look forward to what's coming. Amen? We, we want, and, and in the Feast, we know that a very important part of Christ. Christ was water and light. And the water is the washing every time. Listen, you know, the washing is not just for sin. It's just to wash off the world. I just need the Holy Ghost water just to wash off, wash off, wash off that stuff. And that's why sometimes we have to take longer in worship because some of us got a lot more stuff of the world to wash off than others, amen? And, and then we want the light wherever there's been darkness in our life, whenever there's darkness that tries to come in. We want the darkness of, of anything that Satan has tried to bring our way, anything that self has allowed in, we need the light. The light to bring a, a true illumination of what God wants and who he wants us to be for right now. I have another message, and it might, I might get to preach it Friday night, but who knows, we might have just a hoedown of celebration. I just love it too. But, you know, I talk about your next breath is your future. So if you can be here Friday night, you need to come back. But if not, what you need to do, though, because I'm going to be here every night, not ministering, but I'm going to be here, and I know you all want to come see me because I'm only going to be here for this week. Right? So it's important that you all come back and see me and hear all the anointed speakers that are going to be here throughout the week. Amen? That's important. But I want to talk about your mindset is your life set. And if you really think on what I just said, your mindset becomes your life set. And, you know, so many times, I love the scripture that I'm going to quote to you, Proverbs 23, 7, part A. It says, so a man, so a woman, thinks, so he is. But the rest of the scripture says, they eat and they drink with you, but their heart is not with you. Sheila Zeller's interpretation loosely of that scripture. So I think, so I become. I sit in church and I say I believe all that they're saying. I say it that I receive all they're saying. I say that I'm going to be what they're saying I'm going to be. I'm going to be what I sing up on the wall. And I go out of here and I act just opposite of it. When the first storm comes my way or the first disappointment comes my way, I'm not to change my mind on what God's Word says because my life don't line up with what He promised me yet. Amen? Because if we do that, then we become, as James told us in James 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But if a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, then a single-minded man or woman who keeps their focus on God and says, as Colossians 3, 2 says, setting my mind on things above and not the things of the world and keep my focus on Jesus, 
then I can have everything he has promised me, not for me, but for me to go out and change the world and convict the world through the anointing of the Holy Spirit because I'm a vessel that he wants to use when I walk out here. This is an equipping center. That's what the Bible says that the church is to be, an equipping center. And if we are equipped with the word, the will, and the way of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the gifts of the Spirit, trustworthiness, faithfulness, we will be able to walk out of this place, and every place we place our feet, we will be able to give Jesus to someone. I may not always see the return today, but I can promise, I promise, that as in Galatians 5, if I sow the seeds of God into the lives of people, so I sow, so shall I reap. And if I reap it, it had to come to harvest. It had to come to being. It had to have that seed put into the ground, and it had to die to come forth and bring life. What does that mean? That means when I planted the seed of righteousness in Christ Jesus in someone's life, and they received that seed, it may not come to harvest today, tomorrow, next month, next week, but God promised me it would come to harvest if I planted it with the purity of God and the intention of having Jesus known into a life of, a, of, of an unbeliever. Correct? So all of a sudden, what does that mean? That means that that seed had to die. But that means that that seed did not die. It means that old flesh that received that seed dies, and the new man starts to rise. And because the new man starts to rise, then people see all of a sudden, wait a minute, whether Mr. John Smith down the road, he don't act mean like he used to. What happened there? Well, nobody knew that somebody came along during Feast of Tabernacles. And they just happened to be going by a store, and they just happened to bless him. And they just happened to say something that was of God. And there was a seed that went into his soul realm, his, into his mind, his will and emotion. But it went past there and came into his spirit realm, his living where the breath of God breathes in and the breath of God breathes out. And all of a sudden, he now, the old man, starting to die because there's something coming to life in him. And see, we have to understand that they're not maybe going to change overnight just like you and me. I'm not the same person that I was when I was 25 and gave my life back to Jesus Christ in a hotel room instead of going to meet another man that wasn't my husband, but a man that offered me something I thought was better than what I had. And one night in my life could have changed everything. But because of Jesus and because of a praying mother and because of the godly seed that had been planted in my heart, somehow God arrested me with a Gideon Bible by a bedside bed and I pulled it open. And instead of the Gideon Bible being closed, the Gideon Bible was open. And I looked down and it said, delight in the Lord and do good. Psalm 37. Delight in the Lord and do good. I was going to do good. I was going to be good. But I was no good. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, God, what am I going to do? I was in a contemporary hotel in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. And I was so miserable because I had walked away from God for a few years. I never went out, never partied, never did. But I had a husband. I had two children. I had a beautiful home. I had everything at 25. My mama prayed that she would have maybe when she was 65. And all of a sudden, Satan tried to get me a hold of me and pull me out of the will of God. I'd been born again my whole life. But I married a non-believer. Went to church with me while we were dating. We were only 19. We were young and dumb and in love. We'll be celebrating 40 years November 19th. 
And I'm supposed to say amen. I'm so yes, amen. I'm thankful today because you know what? I'm not the same woman that he married. He's not the same man that I married. But with God, we have made what God wants in a beautiful life. But that night when I saw those words, delight in the Lord and do good, and I will give you the desires of your heart. I said, oh, God, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, it was like a movie picture came up. I saw a vision. And I saw me going down the yellow brick road like little Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. And I came to the fork in the road. The one fork showed me that I would be glitz and glamour and highfalutin limos. You name it, it was amazing. But in the end of the night, I was sitting, rocking, back and forth, back and forth, saying, my God, my God, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And then the other video was, I saw me in my closet, rearranging my clothes, and I was saying these words, did not know they were in the Bible. I'd been raised in the church of God. I'd been in church my whole life. I'd sang since I was four years old. Never had a music lesson. I don't read music. I just love to sing for Jesus. And I'll never forget that night, as I did these clothes, I heard the Lord say, he's a mighty man of God. He's taught and obedient to the word. He hears the voice of the good shepherd and that of a stranger he will not follow. He will be the high priest of my home and he will be the father to my children and we will be a husband and wife and we will be in Christ and we will serve the Lord all the days of our life. That night, 1.35 in the morning, I gave my life back to Jesus Christ and I told the Lord, I don't care what happens, I'm not looking back. I'm not going back. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to sing at the bars. I'm not going to, and I was doing a little bit going singing at dinner clubs and, you know, all these things because I wanted to sing. I wanted to sing for Jesus, but I wasn't going to church. So you can't sing for Jesus if you don't go to church. And I'll never forget, for so many years after I had my little babies, my mama would call me and she'd say, Sheila, you don't take them babies to church? And I'd tell her all these excuses why we couldn't go to church. And then finally... That next morning, after I'd given my life to Jesus Christ, I sent the key back to the to the I took the key back to the to the office there at the contemporary and I left a note and I said this. I said, I met the man who changed my life tonight. And his name is Jesus Christ. And I never went to that room. That person was a high up person in our business company, our, our the mother company of our company. And come to find out months later, he called and he said, thank you for what you did for me. And I said, what did I do for you? I said, where are you coming to my house? How do you know where I'm at? He said, I'm a father of seven. I am dedicated to my family. I've never cheated on my wife in 40 years of marriage. And he said, I would have if you would have come. And he said, I want to thank you because I'm a godly man. And he said, I'm thankful that you saved my marriage and you saved your marriage. And he said, I'm so grateful. And I'm telling you all, guys, I stood there in my kitchen, and it had been about three or four months, and I had just been doing that prayer that God had given me. And I just believed that my husband was going to come to the Lord right away. Well, it took him almost 13 years. But in that time, I came across Mama Betty, because that was 1984. And about 1987, I think, we first met at a GLOW conference, and then I went and ministered for her. 
and Mama Betty started coming to my house. And she never treated Tim like he wasn't born again. And she was one of the women who taught me how to treat a husband, you know, especially when you're called to ministry, how to treat a husband. And the one thing she said to me, why don't you just talk to him like he's already born again? You remember that, Mama Betty? She said, just talk to him like he's born. Ask him to read the Bible. And if you don't understand something, get him to talk to you. Get him to read it and give it to you. He's a smart man. And so now today, I'm so grateful because so many times in my life, my mindset was I was born again, but then I would get all these negative things, and I would feed Satan all these awful thoughts that he could use against me. And what happens then is all of a sudden I'd be sitting in church and I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know who I'm called to be. I know, and I wanted it now. How many of y'all want God to do something right now? Amen? We need him to move now. Amen? I need you to move now, God. And God said, one day he finally said to me, Sheila, I can't move because you won't let me. You know, I don't need a God badge, right? source to remind me it's the word of the Lord that changes lives, not Sheila Zeller's. It's the sword of the Lord that changes and cuts off that old ways because we can't be the same way like we were. I can't be mouthy. I can be, but I'm not supposed to be, okay? But if I'm going to win someone to Jesus Christ, it's the goodness of God that draws men and women to repentance. And I'll never forget one day with my husband, Tim, I was telling him something, and I was telling him what I, we needed to do and all this, and I was, I was preaching at him. And I said, I really, you just, we got kids, you need to go to church with me. He said, why do I need to go to church? He said, you preach at me all the time. Yeah, it was funny, kind of. But it was so true, because why? Because I was trying to get him saved because it was going to make my life easier. It was going to speed up my move in the spirit. It was going to get me on the road quicker. I was going to get to be who I was called to be because I wasn't really concerned about his soul. I was concerned about me being who I was. I was becoming what I didn't want to be. My mindset was freezing me in a place that I did not want to stay on the hamster wheel of life just thinking I was going somewhere and doing something when I was doing nothing because I wasn't living the life of Christ in my home. And when I decided, God, I want you more than I want anything else. I don't want to sing. I don't want to preach. I, don't, I, I never thought I was of myself, and I'm not a preacher. I'm an inspirer, okay? I'm an evangelist, and I inspire people to be more like Christ. I have been called to inspire people to not want to stay where you've been anymore because there's something greater out there. If I will get in line with the will of God and change my mind. See, because we're born again. Our spirits, when we said yes, how many of y'all born again tonight? If we died tonight, how many of you know for sure that you'd see Jesus face to face? If you can't raise your hand tonight, then I'm going to, I want to pray with you before we leave because we never know the next moment. We never know the next breath could be your last breath. And I don't want to be responsible that I did not pray with you tonight. 
Amen? Because the most important prayer you will ever pray is the prayer of salvation. The believer's prayer to say, I believe in you, Jesus. That's the most important prayer that you can pray. But see, I wasn't concerned with my husband's soul. I was concerned with me. So when I know that I'm born again, my spirit is with God Almighty. Listen, unless I, unless I really renounce God and throw him out of my heart, there's no way that I can lose that. But that doesn't mean that I cannot be out of the God, God's will and the things that what I could have had, I could have because if I truly desire him to be everything to me. And that means my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion then will align with the spirit of God. And then all of a sudden, instead of me being torn to the left or right and, 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 and spinning around like a top and thinking I'm doing something for Jesus when I'm doing nothing because it's not bearing fruit. But when we walk and we say, God, I want your mindset. Because I want my life to be a duplication, a replica of your life here on this earth. You remember when we used to wear the what would Jesus do bracelets, the T-shirts? Well, I don't want to know what Jesus would do. I want to know what he did. Amen? Because if you know what the Word of God said he did, when you're pressed against the wall and Satan wants to see you fall, all of a sudden you'll remember what the Word of the Lord says and the Word will deliver you out of the snare of the fowler. See, our mindsets have to be set on those things of heaven. Because, see, heaven is my final destination, but the journey should be enjoyed. Amen. Heaven is my final destination. But I want to enjoy the journey along the way. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. Because the Word of God says this. John 1, 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. So when Satan is trying to bring your mindset down to an earth set, the earthly view, you have to say, wait a minute, mine. You're going to align with the light, the life, and the love of God Almighty. Because when we had the life of Christ in us, then the light of God comes to us. And then the love of God comes to us. Then he comes in us. And then what does he want you to do? He wants you to hold on to that? No. He wants you to start being a vessel that he flows to, he flows in, and then he flows out for the praise of his glory. And when I start seeing everything in my life have a purpose, good or bad, I have spent the last few days, are we taping this? Is it live? Okay. We, I have spent the last few days at my brother's house. Lonnie, Pastor Lonnie and Sister Kathy, uh, are those your titles? What are your titles? Doesn't matter. Okay. Brother and sister. Well, I don't mean either. But, you know, it's like, okay, good. I'm glad. Okay. Brother and sister came over and picked me up today over in Manchester. And my brother is an Assemblies of God pastor. And he's been diagnosed with progressive Parkinson's. 
and we nobody it just he went to the doctor thinking he had pulled his arm by a lifting a missionary suitcase and he's got this diagnosis and he called me and he said Sheila I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's I said don't own it don't receive it don't take that I said rebuke that and he said well the symptoms are the symptoms I said those are just symptoms I said, curse the root and the fruit and the seed of it in Jesus' name. And so I really believe coming up here, my husband flew up with me, and we stayed at my brother's for the last few days. And I really thought that when I was there that I could kind of jolt his faith. I could kind of, I don't know, pop, you know, bigger brother. He's my older brother. But I thought like maybe I just got to hit him, you know. But what I found is they think I'm hyper faith. Well, let me tell you, you can call me hyper, and I call me healed, <laughs> right? You can call me whatever you want to, but the Word of God says, and they try to tell me that healing's not for your body. That's your soul healing. I said, wait a minute. I had a need at a doctor. I fell on a boat in Panama fishing, and I tore the meniscus. I went to the doctor to have a little tear taken up, and all of a sudden I walk out, and two weeks later I've got a need that this big and I can't walk on it the doctor says take your pain pills and go to Disney World just walk on them crutches I said I didn't know no 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 huh I could have I could have got that mindset and I could have received that mindset and you know what I did for about four months and one day I was sitting in my room I had ice on my knee and all of a sudden I was looking at my other knee that was you know how do you know you got a knee pain it gave you two knees one has it one don't right like okay so I want this knee, I want this knee to be like this knee. I crossed my legs, didn't work. Right? I spoke to that knee, told it to line up, didn't work. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, an old song I used to sing. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the wind and rain. When he says peace, be still, they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. And I started singing that song, and I thought, well, what does that have to do with my knee? And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm the knee maker. And all of a sudden, I started singing. I know the knee maker. I know him by name. I know the knee maker. He controls my steps each day. When he says, knee be healed, it has to obey. I'm glad I know the knee maker. I know him by name. And I started singing. I started singing. And that doctor told me, I went back to him, and he says, you're going to have to have a knee replacement in about six months. Talked to Mama Betty. She says, okay, I got knee replacement. I said, I'm not settling. I'm not settling. How many of y'all were not willing to settle 
for what Satan tries to bring on you. See, because if you have a mindset, I'm going to settle. Listen, he'll take over. But if you start fighting a good fight of faith, and you start saying to your mind, listen, mind, you're going to line up with the Word of God. You're going to line up with the will of God. You're going to line up with the love of God. Because in love, there is no fear. So I'm not going to live in fear. And let me tell you something. Within about four weeks, the Lord directed my steps in such a way that I have never had surgery. It's two and a half years now. And I walk up them stairs over there in Sister Kathy's and Brother Lonnie's house. And I, every time I take a step up, Oh, I got knees that are just like Adam's. Because the Lord said, I want you to pray this prayer. He said, I want you to pray that you know the knee maker, but I made the first knee and I never changed the blueprint since it. He said, line up with the blueprint of the woman. Now, Adam, if I'm praying for brother, I tell you to line up with the blueprint of Adam. But I'm lining up with the blueprint of woman before the fall. And all of a sudden, I started praying every day. I thank you, Father, that I know the knee maker. I thank you, Father. So whatever you need tonight, you may need your hearing check, sister. You may have your heart needs to be healed. The Lord spoke to me when I walked in here. He said, I want to heal people of things that the doctors have said is impossible tonight. Because you know what? Your mindset is that you believe the medical over the miracle. And God said, I, don't, I didn't come. I didn't send me here to have you all say this thing. And listen... If something comes up and you've got a physical ailment, you know the peace speaker. You know him by name. I know the ear maker. I know him by name. I know the heart maker. I know him by name. I know the foot maker. I know him by name. And you know what? He took the stripes upon the cross of Calvary that you and I, if we will stand firm in our faith and say, Satan, you are a liar. You will not have any part of me. And you are a loser. You cannot. You cannot overcome. And you know what? This night I say to each one of you, no matter what it means, maybe somebody has... Sister, you have your hand on your stomach. Come here. There's no reason for you to stand there saying, come here. Somebody stand behind her, please. What's your name, precious? Harry? Father, whatever this gastro, whatever this problem, healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are the stomach maker. Father, everything that in her intestines, everything in her stomach, everything in her female organs align with the first woman, the perfect blueprint. We curse the root, the fruit, and the seed, the lying spirit of Satan, of sickness. You are a child of the Most High God, and you do not live under a curse, but you live under the covenant in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Your mindset. We are bombarded with so many things of the world today. I think I wasted 20 years of watching news that now I know was fake. I mean, maybe they didn't walk on the moon. Who knows? Think about it. 
So am I going to watch it for another 20 years? Or am I going to take that time and change my mind and set my things, mind on the things above because Jesus Christ is the one I love? Not because he's not worthy, but because he deserves it. Listen, when I say that, we, we, we watch news more than we watch go and pray to him. Okay, ooh, I'm meddling. Sorry. He, listen, he deserves our praise. He's worthy of our praise. And did you know I'm a talker? Amen? Everybody should have said amen. But did you know prayer has a two-way street? You pray, then you listen. And the more I do listening prayer, the more my mind changes toward the things of God. When I pray and I read the Word of God, all of a sudden it changes the atmosphere around me that I can think more like Jesus. I can be more like Jesus because if you do not think more like Jesus, you won't ever become more like Jesus. Because the Bible says, so a man, so he will come. So why do you think that last part, though, and it says, but he eats and he drinks with you, but his heart's not really with you. See, because in the back of our mind, we're always registering something negative because they don't know me. They don't know what I'm going through. They don't, if they only knew, you, you, have y'all ever been around any Christians that are, I call them uppers? It's a negative, it's a negative term. If you've done something or you've got something, they've had it worse than you, so they up you. Amen? And it's like, why do you want to up me on being sick? Why do you want to up me on having a bad life? Why do you? you? Because that's their mindset. And if you stick with someone in any amount of time, the way they talk is the way they live. Amen? And you know, it's funny how we talk around the Christianese people, because we're going to talk the positive Christian. But when we get up there and we call, my mama goes, Oh, you're not by Why? Because we are made to fall back into that old Adam. And God never called us, unless we renew our minds, as we know Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, to renew our minds daily. Renew our minds daily to what we already know. Or renew our minds daily to the Word of God. He has us to show us how He wants us to live today. Please hear me as I'm saying this to you. God wants to give you fresh manna, fresh mind, every day. He doesn't want us to go back and get the leftovers. It's not changed. There's worms in it. There was worms in it in the Old Testament. And if you go and you get that same old manna, it's going to be worms in it tomorrow because it wasn't what he had for you today. That's why we can't and we haven't been the victorious church that we have been called to be because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray, I will I will hear their name. And what does the next verse say? It says... And if you will call upon me, I will hear you. Amen? He will hear you, and he will be there with you. Not only will he heal your land, but he will be with you. 
I often say when you're going through a valley, it's really important to grow through it, not just go through it. Amen? Because if we will learn to grow through it, we will learn something from what we're going through. And so it's important that we're all, that we're all, I put my glasses on so I can see, okay? That we all realize, we all have this in common. We were all, every, every nation, every place, we were all born into sin. So we all need a Redeemer. And every day of my life, I need my mind redeemed. I need the Savior to step in and save me from Sheila most of the time. Amen. I often say I have three S's in my life. Sheila, in this order, okay. Sheila, Satan, and Savior. And you know what? I know that the Savior is the ultimate. He's no, he's, he should be number one. But in my younger life, when I was going through this battle, because I was, as a young girl, I was taken advantage of by my grandfather for many years. He was a minister. He wasn't supposed to be like this. But he was. I wasn't the only one. But by the time I was nine years old till I was 13, he would take advantage of me. And even though my, my mother would never have believed it, it was just what happened to me. And then I had I'd been in a horsing accident when I was nine, and I had a brain concussion and cracked skull. I was unconscious for seven days, eight nights, and in the hospital for three weeks. And when I came home from the hospital, my grandfather would start then to, to molest me. And it, it, it had been a long time for me to trust men and to trust people and, you know, and, and trust Christians. And so my, my rebellion against the church wasn't because I didn't love God. I loved God. But I didn't like men, but I married one. <laughs> and he had the raft of Sheila. <laughs> But when God got a hold of my heart that night, January 25th, 1984, he changed my mind. He changed, my heart was already his, but he changed my mind that night. And he told me, Sheila, everyone goes through things. Well, I didn't like hearing that because I wanted, you know, I was the only person that ever had their, their grandfather molest them. I was the only one that ever had their grandfather take advantage of them be a Christian, a pastor, but, you know, when the Lord said, Sheila, you're kind of like Elijah. There's a whole bunch of more people out there just like you, and they need you to be healed. From the very onslaught of me giving my life back to Jesus Christ that night in that hotel, God started talking to me about my mind and telling me that my mind had been warped by the pain that I had went through. And I needed it to be renewed, and I was not going to be able to do it on my own. I was going to have to do it through his word, through his love, and through forgiveness. And it wasn't going to be a one-time thing. It was going to be a daily thing. Sometimes I have to go through that and, and die to that thing still to the day because Satan wants to bring that back up and say, you know what, you're really not fit to go to Vermont. You really think people want to hear you? And you know what I have to say? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. You don't think I was raised with six brothers and a sister for me to be the middle child, not to have an accomplishment here, do you think? Amen? So I want to tell you, as we grow in God and this week is here, we all need Jesus Christ to touch us afresh and anew again. 
And I believe that as we come on this day, Monday night, that I believe that God wants us to let him heal. See, what we've done is we've compartmentalized our Christianity. And God says, I want all of your heart. I want every bit of it. And for a long time, I would let some people in, but I wouldn't let everybody in. I'm still very careful on who I just let into my heart. But Jesus has got all of my heart. So unless he lets them into my heart, they're not going to get into any place and hurt it because I've been renewed. I have been rebuilt, and I am in him. I don't, I'm not a second, you know, I'm, I always say I'm not a second-class citizen in heaven. I'm a first-class citizen, and I'm going with Jesus all the way. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. I'm looking straight ahead, and I'm going forward. And you know what? Every one of you tonight are going to go straight forward because God has not Listen, if I'm going to give my testimony, I'm going to tell you I'm victorious tonight. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit that I live, I move, I have my being. You know, when God is in you and you can overcome that and you can take that walk of, of life and you can go, you know what? That could have been a tombstone in my emotions. But God said, I want to make it a stepping stone. I want to make it a stairway to me and that you'll give me glory. And when you bring that up, you better bring it up for glory to me for what I have done in you. Because greater is he that is in me than he that any assignment that Satan tried to put on me and any assignment he tries to bring to me today, he can't do it because why? I am his child. Say no more. So if we realize every one of us, we were born into sin, we've all had bad things happen. But see, the world wants to keep us ill. The world wanted me to go on opioids for my knee because my brother died two years ago of opioid poisoning. My daughter, my niece, died four years ago. See, he wanted to entrap me into what? addiction wants to do because see satan does not want us to rely on jesus christ he wants us to rely on the ways of the world but god says my ways are higher than his ways my his ways is higher i'm not going to believe the word of the enemy listen i won't tell you i i think i've got 15 of 30 pills still left because I didn't take them. I had to throw them away because they got outdated. Because that doctor said, go to Disney World with your children. Take those pills. What kind of grandma would that be? I don't want to be back there. My daddy was an alcoholic. Until I was 14 years old, I never knew my daddy to be sober. But when the Lord got a hold of him one night in a truck while he was driving, and he changed my daddy's life sitting there in a truck, in a shrimp truck of all things, let me tell you something. My daddy never drank another drop because the Holy Ghost showed up in his truck when he said, God, I don't want to be like this anymore. God showed up, and when he showed up, he showed off. And when he showed off, he changed somebody's life because he has a plan to give us what he has promised us. And Satan wants to make our mindset think it's never going to happen. You know why it can't happen? Because I blocked it. Satan, I just gave him the fire, fuel for the fire. Amen? But tonight God says, I'm not going to allow that anymore. So I know there's many of you in here tonight that you've got visions, you've got dreams, you've got ministries, and you've got places to be that Jesus has assigned you to, that he wants your mindset to be changed. Because this 
time here at the Feast of Tabernacles is about renewal. It's about fresh starts. It's about getting us aligned with the will and the word of God. So when we walk out of this place, you can truly say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No condemnation of yesterday can hold me back. I said to Sister Sue tonight, I hear the chains falling. I don't know about y'all, but Satan one time had me bound. But when Jesus Christ came in, I had to learn how to shake it off. On my new CD, there's a song called Shake Loose. Let me tell you something. You've got to get it. Maybe I'll, I don't know if I can sing that song or not yet, but I'll play it for y'all. It's a great song because I haven't learned it. Yeah, I, they got dropped on Wednesday before the hurricane, and hurricane happened. But you know what? I know this. I know the peace speaker. Amen. And when you know the peace speaker, you then will allow Christ Jesus to come to your mind. You know, there was a time, I'm not very good at the word. I'm very good at the word. But I wasn't very good at the word at the time. And I used to lay the Bible open over my head. I'd lay on the floor and I'd lay the word on my head and I'd say, Father, when that brain concussion and cracked skull come, I forgot everything that I knew. Everything I'd ever been taught, I had to relearn at nine. And I learned it within a year and a half. But I'd lay the Bible when I knew that the Lord had called me to preach. I'd take this Bible and I'd say, Lord, I didn't have a college education. I had to learn to read and write again at the age of ten. I don't know where the adjectives go and the prepositions go. I don't know any of those things. But I know this, you called me to preach. I thought you called me to be a singer, but you called me to be a preacher. And because you called me to be a preacher, you're going to have to teach me. Because my mind is going to be an open vessel for you to pour in. And I would lay this Bible. I would open the Bible like this, and I would pray. I'd lay it on my head like this. And I'd say, Father, So, Father, everything that's living. Because, see, the Word of God, the Word of God is just a book until a living creature takes it. You've got your Bible open. But that close-up book, Brother, Brother Lonnie, from, see, that, that's a book. Now, it is a holy Bible. Mine says it's an open Bible. So that, I thought that meant for me to open it, right, and read Just kidding. <laughs> but that's just a book. But when you open it, it doesn't matter where you open just open it and read it. And what is it? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all the generations. See? And that became living word. And see, without a human being opening it up and taking it and teaching it, it's just a book. It's a book of history. But when a human being gets a hold of it and they extract it and they put it into verbiage that you and I can understand. Listen, if the newspaper's written on an eighth grade level, I can preach. Amen? Did y'all know all newspapers are written on eighth grade level? Okay, so if that's the case, we can preach. So as we walk through this journey of this week, I want you to remember this. It's not about how broken I've been. 
It's about how amazing our God is to us. Yes, he cares about my brokenness. Yes, he cares about my weaknesses. Yes, he cares about my sickness. Yes, he cares about what I, my finances. He cares about all those things. But what does he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What did he say? He says, I shall supply all your need according to his riches. So everything we need, when we set our minds on the things of God, we can be assured that he's going to show up and he's going to show off for his glory in each of our lives. But we've got to keep our minds set, focused, and on him and ready for his return. See, he is coming back. And he's coming back with a ch- for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. I don't know how big his iron is, and I don't know how big the garment's going to be, but I know this. I ask him to wash me clean, to remove the wrinkles. No oh, kidding. That's... Why not? <laughs> that, was, that was not in my notes, I promise you. But it does sound pretty good. No, that's a bad theology. You're liking it? And if we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and if we will seek his face every day, see what has happened to the churches. We sought his hands and not his face. We sought him for what we needed instead of needing him. Because if we reach for him, you know, whenever you meet someone, you meet them, and you say, you know, that lady, I used to be known as, you know, the lady with the hair that sings, right? Right? You know, the brunette with the blue eyes. She's on the praise team. You know, but you describe somebody, you don't usually ever say, you know, she's about a size 16. Right? You usually describe their face, do you not? And we, if someone asks you, describe Jesus to me. We say, well, he gave me a car, and he gave me a house. Describe Jesus. I want you to say, he changed my mind, and he gave me new life, and he's my everything. And when I don't think he's my everything, he's still my everything because my mind is stayed on him. It stayed in him. And his word is what proves to me that he is alive and well because it reiterates to me every day when I read it that he cares for me. He cares for you. So tonight, I want you all to have a mind exchange. 